Welcome to Cocktails and Conspiracies. Woo! We We love this podcast. (laughs) I'm McDub. I'm Tessie. And let's drink. Let's drink. Talk some Halloween. Cheers. All right, we're taking a drink of something I just made. And it's not good. You don't like it? Do you like it? Maybe I need more champagne. I think it needs a little more champagne. Woo! Death in the Afternoon. Oh, it is called Death in the Afternoon. And guess what? It almost just did me in. An interesting (laughs) fact, this was Ernest Hemingway's favorite cocktail. Really? Yeah, he said, um... I forgot the quote. He said it was damn good. Well, I bet Ernest was drinking the real absinthe and hallucinating all over the damn place. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, so it is half an ounce of absinthe and four ounces of champagne. So one part absinthe, eight parts champagne. So Halloween is just around the corner. Can't wait. Hopefully y'all enjoyed our Salem witch trial. It was definitely the longest one to date, but... For sure. There's just There's so a lot much. of stuff in there. A lot. Yeah. Hopefully y'all enjoyed that, but we're sticking to the theme. The spooky theme. The Halloween theme. Halloween. Yeah. I can't believe it's already next week. I know. I know. Where the, oh, where the month go. Oh my god. Uh, so crazy. Are you dressing up? I don't even have any plans. Yeah. It's on a Wednesday. It's, it's weird. It is weird this year. Well, okay. All right. So, yeah. So, basically, what we're doing is not only is it a Halloween theme, but we are talking about Halloween. We're talking about, like, the holiday, the history behind Halloween, too. Yep. And then we both brought a super scary story about something that happened on Halloween. Yeah. We're all excited. Okay. Okay. What is Halloween? Where did it come from, Tess? Okay. So... Halloween's origins date back about 2,000 years ago Mm -hmm. uh, to the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain. The Celts who lived in the area that is now Ireland, the UK, and northern France celebrated Mm -hmm. their new year on November 1st rather than January 1st, right? Mm -hmm. So they basically had like this two-week rager where everyone would prepare for the new year. And it was um, a celebration of the summer's end the summer yes. coming to an and like end. crops like good, yeah. good luck for crops it wasn't about so much as like because i read something where it was like it's kind of th- been thought that that was to celebrate the dead or talk about death and it was really like almost like a harvest festival well it was kind of both right yeah so they drank for two weeks straight but they also got shit done so they would like yeah. slaughter cattle like you were saying for the coming winter but this mm-hmm. was also a time to, like, take care of their stuff administratively. Um, they paid their taxes and settled God. their debts. You know what? If you're going to have to settle debts and pay taxes, why not do it during a two-week rager? Right? Yeah. God, we should change tax day. I think we should, We should too. just take the day off and just, like, rage and turn in our taxes, everyone. Who's who's in? Oh, so in. That'd be so fun. <laughs> I know. Um, so the last day of October marked the end of summer and the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter. 
a time of year that was often associated with human death. Mm-hmm. So the Celts thought that the barrier between our world and the world of ghosts and spirit got really thin yeah. towards the end of their year, right? Mm-hmm. So it meant that weird creatures with strange powers could wander about the earth. And the day that it's the most heightened would be the last day of their year, which was October 31st. Right. The veil between the veil. Yep. So the Celts dressed up like evil spirits to try to scare away the demons. You know, so silly. But you know, if that's if that's what you believed back then, I mean, the first. I guess this is where like costume parties were born. Oh, for sure. Um, and it was all about scaring away the ghosts and the spirits. And you know what's interesting? They used to. I don't know why this. I thought this was so funny. They used to feed beans to ghosts. Like I guess what? like. You know how little kids get uh, set out cookies for Santa? They set out beans, beans for ghosts. for the ghosts? Yeah. So that, actually, that whole tradition of setting something out mm-hmm. before you go to bed is super old. Like, so in Ireland, like, in the same, they used to live out, leave out bowls of milk. Yeah. For, like, the fairies and stuff. So weird. And if you didn't, it. like, if you forgot, then they, like take and I forgot whose blood they take they take blood they make a blood cake and they hide it in your house Fuck. and you are cursed or like you have bad luck until you find this like blood cake if you don't set out that bowl of milk oh very silly cats just give them bowl of milk yeah <laughs> that's easy enough oh my god yeah, so blood weird. would they use I forgot I forgot how much like, blood? From the ha- like a family. fuck ton of blood or like, just like a drop I I don't know but like just that's... from the family it's so weird like all the Irish I know we're getting a little off topic, but I mean, all the like the Irish uh, like mythology or like folklore and stuff is it's legit. That's so cool! I never yeah. knew that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay, so they fed their beans. Thing, yeah. So uh, <laughs> da, 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 many centuries later, the Roman Catholic Church, in an attempt to do away with the pagan holidays such mm-hmm. as Halloween, that's when they established November first as All Saints Day. Mm-hmm. In celebration of all the saints that do not have their own holy day. So it's oh, All Saints Day. Oh, sure. Okay, so that was on it. November 1st. The modern name Halloween is actually two words smushed together. So hollow, which means a holy person, right. refers to the saints celebrated on All Saints Day, which is November 1st. And then the een part is a contraction of eve or evening before. Oh, got Een, it. Een, evening before. So basically Halloween is just an old-fashioned way of saying the night before All Saints Day. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Got it. Okay, so then, so then, how did it come here? How did it come here? So, um, uh, okay, so really, again, we uh, we owe the Irish and the Scots for um, for having this as a recognizable Halloween in America at all. It spread because of, I mean, you know, some people brought it back, and it was practiced in small like in just small ways but the protestant colonies like back in the day obviously weren't all about this because protestants and the puritans and all those people back then like were not all about anything but jesus yeah remember our psycho yes our psycho puritans they do not want to celebrate Halloween. No, not they at all. They do not like Halloween. The Puritans were so strict that the people of Boston actually banned the celebration of Christmas in the mid-17th century, Christmas. considering it blasphemous to observe a day with the vaguest of pagan origins. 
Obviously, a holiday that was based on spooky ghosts and divination rituals did not even stand a chance. Okay, so Christmas? Because of, like, Father Christmas, it's not just Jesus. It's, like, you know, Santa, St. Nicholas. Santa. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So. God, I... I'm sorry. I hate, I hate them. I hate them too. I hate them. They're such assholes. They're such assholes. And I bet they were miserable, which even made yeah. them more assholes because yes. they made themselves Dickheads. miserable. So this is kind of cool too. The practice of, you know, going door to door in like a costume, dress up, may be related to the medieval custom of souling in Britain and Ireland. When poor people would knock on doors... On Halloween, <laughs> November first, asking for food in exchange for prayers for the dead. So it's like, um, so imagine when you're at a stoplight and like the homeless, they try and wash your car. Yeah, it's like that. But they would come a little to your less house. intrusive because at least they're knocking. Had... But they're like, hey, let me pray for your dead family. I mean, that's... yeah. Do you want? Yeah. Hey, and you know what? They're probably like, sure, have this crust of bread because more prayers the better. Yeah, let's pray. Actually, I'd do that today. I, I would Somebody too. else is praying for Come me. Come on in. Perfect. I need the prayer. <laughs> I need all the prayers, please. So <laughs> trick-or-treating actually didn't start in the United States until World War II, but American kids were known to go out on Thanksgiving and ask for food, a practice known as Thanksgiving begging. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I didn't know any of this stuff, which is totally fascinating because... Thanks, I mean, could Thanksgiving be any more glutinous? I mean... What is it called? Gluttonous. Gluttonous. Glutinous. Glu- both, actually. <laughs> There's a ton of gluten. <laughs> Give me them rolls. Right, though? <laughs> Give me yeah. them rolls. Yeah. Um, so these days, like, the trick part of the phrase, trick or treat, is mostly an empty threat, but pranks have long been a part of the holiday. I love it. Yeah. Empty threat. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I was doing research and this person wrote it like that, I was like, threat. that's hilarious. That is funny. So by the late 1800s, the tradition of playing tricks on Halloween was well established. In the United States and Canada, the pranks include tipping over outhouses, opening farmers' gates, and egging houses. They have been... People have been egging houses since the 1800s. Wow. That's <laughs> so funny. That is funny. God, I bet it was such a pain in the ass to get egg out of your house in the 1800s. Oh my gosh. You didn't have like a ho- like a pressure washer or a hose or did anything. They? Did they? What did they do? Probably just like threw buckets, like pails of water on it, right? <sighs> These fucking kids. These fucking kids. Um, but by the 1920s and 30s, the celebration more closely resembled an unruly block party. And acts of vandalism got more serious in the 20s and 30s. Some people believe that because pranking was starting to get dangerous and out of hand, parents and town leaders began to encourage dressing up and trick-or-treating as a safe alternative to doing pranks. So that's kind of how it all came about. And, like, I believe, like, in the 50s, that's when, like, it was really, like, our normal, like, ding-dong, like, Walk around, trick or treat. Yeah. So let's see. Some of these, a lot of the rituals back in the day focused on the future and instead of the past and the living instead of the death. But many had to do with helping young women identify their future husbands and reassuring them, reassuring them that they would someday, with luck by next Halloween, be married. God damn. So this has always been going on. Oh, listen. Yeah. There's been so much pressure. (laughs) <laughs> so so like in 18th century Ireland so you know the 18th century and 
and the you know we talked about it in America, but at the same time in Ireland, a matchmaking cook might b- bury. Bur- I always say bury, and I know it's bury. It's okay. Bury ring and her mashed potatoes. A duh, it's potatoes. <laughs> I, Can you be a little less stereotypical? I know, guys. I read this. This is so scary to me. Because I wolf down my mashed potatoes. Oh, for sure. I would choke 100%. Because I never let myself eat them. So when I get them, I'm like, ugh, oh, yeah. yes. I, don't, I wouldn't even choke. It would just go. Straight down. I would know. Straight down. I would know. <laughs> I would know. And then everybody looks at me expectantly. I'm like, what? They're good. Yeah. They're great. Good, These are good Yeah, good job. Stop I already told you all. I'm so obsessed. So basically, they would she'd bury a ring in her mashed potatoes on Halloween night, hoping to bring true love to the who uh, to the diner who found it. Okay, um, so it wasn't like a planned engagement. No, thing. it was like cool. I'm just gonna just leave it I'm up to play chance. Cupid, Halloween Cupid, Halloween Cupid with myself. I and what the- Halloween Cupid looks like. Little skeleton with wings. I'm gonna I'm gonna find I'm gonna find an image. Okay, I'm, yeah. or I might draw it. Can you draw that? Oh yeah. Okay. Let's okay. do it. Maybe that should be. Maybe that's what we should dress up as. Halloween cupids, dead cupids. That's Perfect. so morbid. Perfect. I like it. I like it too. So, what are some surprising things that have happened? Happened oh, yeah. on Halloween. Okay. So what we're doing today is we're each telling a story of something that happened on Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. And I was doing a little bit of research and saw, like, a lot of things happened on Halloween. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, in 1926, Harry Houdini died on oh, Halloween. Oh, yeah. Um, and this is weird. Every year since 1927, the year after he died, a seance has been held in the hopes of making contact with Houdini. Houdini <laughs> had given a code word to his wife, Bess, before he died. Oh. So he told her he would use it if he were able to cross over from an. Oh, that's right. World. I knew they did a little experiment. Best participated in the seance for 10 years until finally declaring that he wasn't coming back. The yeah. seance, however, continues today without her, which to me is so sad. She Come tried on. for 10 years. 10 years. And wow. then finally to give up and be like, he's not, he's not coming back. And if anyone could, I feel like it'd be Houdini. I mean, he's like a magician. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Poor thing. Oh, jeez. Um... On the Halloween of 1517, Martin Luther posted his famed 95 oh, Thesis yeah. to the door mm-hmm. of the Castle Church of Wittenberg, mm-hmm. essentially launching the Protestant Reformation. Yep. Um, Robert Matthew Van Winkle, a.k.a. Vanilla Ice. Oh, hey. Hey, Vanilla Ice. Ice he was Ice born Bean. on October 31st, 1967 in Dallas. In 2011... <laughs> 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 The former CFO of Enron is indicted on 78 charges. Oh, my gosh. God damn. Um, on Halloween in 1864, Nevada becomes the 36th state of America. Okay. Viva Las Vegas. Viva. In 1941, Mount Rushmore is completed without the bodies, which is kind of spooky. Like, if you just oh, think about it. Yeah. Because it doesn't have any bodies. Just Were they supposed heads. to build bodies? I think that originally they were going to, and then they decided not to because the heads took so fucking long. So I don't really remember. Mm. Um, And then in 1984, Indian Prime Minister Indira Gandhi is assassinated. Which fucking sucks. But, yeah. So among all of these important historical moments, there's also some really weird shit that happens just because of the holiday Yeah. And so I'll go ahead and tell mine. So 
one trend that I saw in looking for, you know, kind of crazy things that happen on Halloween is mistaking bodies for decoration. Oh, God. Uh, It happens. uh, It happened more than once. So, in 2005, in Delaware, um, there was a actual body hanging from a tree during Halloween festivities. And for several hours, people passed by thinking it was part of the decor of the house. Oh, Jesus Christ. I know. It's so sad, too. I mean, not only is it crazy, it's so, so sad. So basically... It was an apparent suicide of a woman hanging from the tree. The Delaware State Police said a 42-year-old Federica woman apparently climbed up up a tree with a length of rope and hanged herself from a branch. The body, suspended about 15 feet above the ground, was easily visible from passing vehicles for several hours Wednesday morning. They were driving by or walking by admiring it, and don't you know that they feel terrible oh my god i wonder if anyone took pictures by it like oh <gasps> oh god let's Ugh. take a family photo by this very awesome realistic oh decor. it makes me kind of gag like could you imagine like no. actually i've never seen a dead like hardly anything really yeah open casket funeral oh i never go look at them you, really yeah because i want to remember them like how i remember them that's true my parents forced me to i'm catholic Duh. Look at this <laughs> look, dead body. <laughs> say a prayer. <laughs> you're, you're like the little beggars. Yeah. I'll say a prayer. <laughs> Souling up the funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, police spokesman Corporal Jeff Oldham. Wait, hold on. What is a corporal? Some rank. Some military rank. Like there's... Is it between captain and colonel? Who knows? I've never known like the order. So many, okay, uh, so many sorry. things, so many orders, Just so many steps, so many levels, <laughs> so, so many <laughs> stripes, <laughs> stripes on your sleeves. <laughs> so, according to this dude and residents who lived nearby, people noticed the body around seven thirty a.m. Wednesday, but dismissed it as a Halloween prank. Those tricks, no treats. As Authorities a as a prank. And because it's like, yeah, it's decoration, right? Like, that's what you think. Authorities were called to the scene shortly before 11 a.m. Wednesday. They thought it was a Halloween decoration. Faye Glandon, wife of Mayor William Glandon, told a Wilmington newspaper. She went on to quote, Really, it looked like something somebody would have rigged up, she said, who was among a handful of residents who watched as authorities tended to the body. Oh, fuck. Uh Uh-uh. Oldham said the death of the woman who lived about a quarter mile from where her body was found was being investigated as a suicide. Oh, my mm. God. Yeah. So they... Oh, my God. So mm, I have so many questions. I know. I know. I, I, I don't. I don't have them. So let me, let me lighten it up and let me do the, the flip of this. So okay. obviously people thinking that like dead body parts and dead bodies are a part of Halloween decorations... Um, that happens a lot. But, however, in 2017, the opposite actually happened. Oh, that's awesome. God. In mid-September, police in Greene County, Tennessee, received a panic phone call from a man who believed that there was a beheaded corpse in his neighbor's 
neighbor's driveway. Police arrived on the scene only to find that the owner of the home had actually just put out his creepy Halloween display a little early. Do not call 911 reporting a dead body. The police department's Facebook page wrote. Instead, congratulate the homeowner on a great display. That's awesome. <laughs> so that one's a little lighter. That's a little better. But you know what? Hey, little neighbor, you know, go ahead. You I gotta, mean, you you know, you gotta make sure. I mean, obviously, you do have to make sure, mm-hmm. right? I've seen some weird shit. For sure. For sure. Okay. Well, your I'm story. about to uh, bring us down again. Great. Love it. Okay. So my story is about John D. White who's the preacher that strangled a woman to death and then dresses her son up for Halloween. What? Yes. Okay, so John D. White was a 55-year-old ex-convict who had previously served two separate prison sentences for stabbing one woman in the early 80s and murdering another one in the mid-90s. Clearly, this guy should not have been out in public. Yeah, repeat offenders, why don't you, like, really get a parole officer out there every day? But it gets worse. Great. Because obviously he got really lucky. He might have had a retarded judge. <laughs> so John walked out of prison in 2007 after serving 12 years of a sentence. Somehow, in the next few years, this dickhead becomes a pastor of a small Michigan church. Um, he was living a lie and no one knew about his past. So he's just like a true psychopath. He just conned everybody. A pastor, too. Like, that's... That sucks. And, 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 that, and you are in... You are in the most, like, authoritative, automatically trusting position there is. Mm. Like, I always get really upset when, like, obviously pastors and priests, all of that shit going on with, like, all the, yeah. the Catholic priest stuff right now. It's nuts. But then, like, police who actually, like, commit crimes, too. Like, when you see a policeman or if you see a pastor... You automatically feel better. Like you, you trust them, and you should. Completely. That's their... There's anomalies for sure, and I and I and you'll always feel safe, and you'll always feel good. But that is a dick move. Subconsciously, actually. you trust these people. Right. Yeah, yeah. Somehow he becomes a pastor, and yeah, I hate this guy already. Okay, so at the time he was living in a trailer park and dating one of the residents at the trailer park mm-hmm. and his girlfriend's daughter and grandson lived in the same trailer park so they were all very close and both would often let him babysit conway who was a 3-year-old grandson because again you would think it's that he's a you fucking could, pastor right you would and think you could trust a boyfriend. pastor right so on halloween eve in 2012 rebecca gay she was putting the final touches to her house getting ready for Halloween the next day and she let Conway make some crafty like weird thing and put it in the display it in the yard and then made him go to bed so the next morning John shows up dresses Conway up in his costume and takes him to school later that day Rebecca was reported missing by co-workers at Goodwill Industries in Mount Pleasant police automatically questioned White because he's the man in her life right, right. Um, and they his always trailer do it. his trailer was near Rebecca's Crime scene investigators processed the victim's trailer for physical clues and searched White's mobile home where they found bloody towels and other incriminating evidence. When questioned by detectives with the Michigan State Police, John White confessed, and then he led them to Rebecca's body. So, what happened that Halloween morning? When White confessed, he told them everything. 
and according to his story, he went to Rebecca's home at about 2 a.m. on Halloween morning after drinking four or five Natty Daddies. What the fuck is that? Uh, it's a 24-ounce natural light beer. Well, yeah, I know what a Natty is, but why did he call it a Natty Daddy? Oh, is that not oh. what they're called? Well, they're called Natty Lights or Natties or whatever. Oh, is it, is it the big one? It's a big one. That's why it's called a Natty Daddy. Is that, that why? That sounds disgusting. Sounds sick. But sounds just like John White. So four or five Natty Daddies. Yeah. Sweet. So like 15 beers, right? Sure. I don't know. White said he took a large rubber mallet and a zip tie and went to Rebecca's trailer and noticed a light came on in her bedroom. Rebecca walked to a side door where White said he entered the trailer, and when she looked out of the door window, White hit her on the head several times with a mullet until she lost consciousness. So White told police that he noticed that she was still breathing, and then that's when he put the zip tie around her neck and tightened it until she suffocated. Like, how long had, and and I'm sorry, like, I'm asking a question, but, like, you may not know this. Um, How long was he dating her mom? I think a few months. So not that long. But, um, like, longer than, like, a couple days. So, like, why now? Well. Because of the Natty Daddies? He was drunk <laughs> off Natty Daddies. For sure. It's, it's but also Natty this, Daddies to blame. Oh, this is so gross. So this guy admitted to having, like, he had, like, sexual fantasies about basically fucking a corpse. Uh, necrophilia. Is that what it's called? Yeah. So, fucking so, gross. Oh, my God. After performing perverted sexual acts on Rebecca's body after she was fucking dead, he hauled her body in his pickup truck and ditched her behind a stand of pine trees about a mile from the trailer park. After hiding his victim's corpse, White returned to his trailer where he cleaned himself and his truck with paper towels. He walked to Rebecca's dwelling, got into her car, and drove it to a nearby bar called The Barn Door and parked it there. And that's when her coworkers noticed, like, why is her car here? She's been she hasn't been what, here all day. What year is this? 2012. He's a he's retarded. Yeah. He had also tossed her cell phone into a dumpster and threw away the rubber mallet. But remember, I mean, they're living in a super small town. Like yeah. how many dumpsters are there? Like five. <laughs> yeah. There was probably a lot of shit in those dumpsters. Ugh. Okay, so this is the worst part. From the bar, White walked back to Rebecca's mobile home. He dressed her son in his Halloween costume, and then he drove the boy to school. The creepiest part is that Conway was in the trailer the whole time (gasps) that he murdered her. I mean, he was asleep that night, right? So he most likely heard his mother getting murdered. Good news. Good news. On August 28th, 2013, a prison guard at Michigan Reformatory Correctional Institution found White dead in his cell. He had hanged himself. Good. Yeah, so he's dead. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay, so I have this. Maybe this is this is my lighter story. Okay, good. <laughs> I have a lighter story too. Good. Okay. So, have you ever heard of the trick or treat murderer? No. And it happened in Texas, in Houston, I think. And was it in Deer Park? Yes. Okay, something about it is... Yes, okay, I I don't know the details, but go ahead. I don't know why I said that. I mean, who would guess Deer Park? I don't know. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) So, on a rainy Halloween night in 1974, the children of Deer Park, Texas, were out knocking on doors trick-or-treating. Ronald Clark O'Brien was out, too. 
So if you can't tell by the tone of my voice, he's the bad guy. Yeah. So he's watching over his kids, eight-year-old Timothy and five-year-old Elizabeth, as they're trick-or-treating in the suburban neighborhood near their home. Joining them was a friend and a neighbor, Jim Bates, and his young son. So one of the houses the group approached had all its lights switched off, but the kids banged on the door anyway and yelled trick-or-treat. They just wanted some fucking candy. For sure. Why not? But there was no answer. So either the occupants were hiding or no one was home. Growing impatient, the kids ran off to find another house, and Jim followed. But Ronald was left alone. Ugh. Ugh. So catching up with the others, a short while later, Ronald had good news. He had produced a handful of 21-inch pixie stick tubes. Do you remember those yes, big I, plastic? Okay, let me just... Oh, wait, the plastic ones? The plastic ones. Okay, yeah, I remember the plastic and ones. And huge. I remember the paper ones. And full disclosure, totally ate the paper when I was a little kid. I think I have, too. Yeah. So good. (laughs) (laughs) So Ronald's like, oh, hey, guys, I got some huge-ass pixie sticks. So we gave one to each of the kids, and um, and then I guess they finished up and walked home. So before bed, Tim O'Brien, who was Ronald's son, was allowed one treat from the evening's hall. And he picked the big ass pixie stick but too. But pixie dust isn't the best. I would pick like a but it's, milky but it's the way. biggest. Oh, but it's true, the biggest. True, true, true. So kids are like, I want. Yeah, if you could have one, you get the biggest one. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But the powdered sugar was stuck in the straw, and it wasn't until his dad helped him dislodge it that he could take his first mouthful, and it tasted bitter. I wonder why. Oh shit! I know exactly. Less than an hour later, Timothy was dead. Oh. Um. So a pathologist said that Timothy had consumed enough cyanide to kill two people. <gasps> Tess later found that the top two inches of the pixie stick had been packed with the poison. So it was like immediate. The first thing that he got. Police officers managed to recover the remaining sweets from the other children before any of them had had a chance to dug oh, in. so they didn't eat them. Just no, Timothy. No. His son. No, just his son, yeah. Detectives had actually discovered that Ronald had recently taken out a life insurance policy on both of his kids, ten grand per child, in January of that year, and then um, and then a further twenty grand on each a month before Halloween. <sighs> Investigators already knew that Ronald owed debts over a hundred grand, so when they found out that he called his insurers to ask about the payout at nine a.m. the morning after of Timothy's death, it was clear. People are so stupid. You know, they do that in desperation, so they can't wait. Yeah. And they get caught literally every time. Yeah. So the investigators got a warrant. Um, They searched O'Brien's house, and they found a pair of scissors with plastic residue attached, which was similar to that found on the cyanide-laced sweets. O'Brien was arrested and taken in for questioning. So as the investigation continued... The evidence started to stack up against Ronald. It turned out that O'Brien was going to a community college and in class would ask his his professor questions like, what is more lethal, cyanide or another type of poisoning? Why the fuck would someone ask that? So he doesn't have to Google it? Right. Well, this was also in the 70s. Oh, it was. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Pre-Google. Yeah. Oh, what a Fuck this. And on June 3rd, 1975, it, it took just 46 minutes for a jury to return a guilty verdict for one charge of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. March 31st, 1984, all routes 
to survival had been exhausted, and he was finally put to death for his crime. By this point, the U.S. Supreme Court had ruled Texas the electric justice. chair a cruel and unusual punishment, so his life was ended with... Injections. Yep, lethal no. injection. Um, outside the Texas State Penitentiary in Huntsville, a crowd of 300 people gathered to hear if the man, the Halloween poisoner, had met his end, shouting trick-or-treat and throwing candy at oh my God. anti-death penalty protesters. Mobs. Mobs are nuts. <laughs> yeah. So when you said Candyman, I thought you were talking about Dean Coral. Yeah, he owned, like, his family owned, like, a candy company. And did he poison candy, or did he just... No, he... He was just like, you want some candy? And, like, would or, kidnap the kids He's called the Candyman because they just owned it. He didn't use oh. the candy as the thing. He should have. God, well... What am I doing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, um... Like he confessed and everything, but it's crazy. If y'all if y'all want to look it up, it's it's a terrible story. But yeah, it just happened in the Heights in the seventies. But um, all right, well that's that's it, guys. And of course, as always, our our Instagram is cocktails underscore and underscore conspiracies on Instagram. Um, yeah. Uh, well, guys, happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! We hope you have a great weekend, and we hope you got freaked out with us this Friday. Exactly. Leave the beans out for your ghost Leave friends. Your, yeah, absolutely. We love, love you. God, God bless, bless you. And trust, trust no one. one. Especially, be careful on Halloween. Watch those candy kids. Watch the, <laughs> watch the poison. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Yay.